Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Elise with the assist. Should be good. You just got to make sure to. There you go. All right. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's set up to record. Hi, right, welcome back. This is the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm Finister, your host, and with me once again is the Professor Sean Ringrose. Hey, Sean, <laughs> what's up, the Professor? Man, I'm starting to get used to it, and I like it. <laughs> not, not much, man. Not much, man. So, uh, Sean was just showing me his uh, or preview in the new introduction video he made, and uh, that was one of the things I was going to talk about, dude. Sean, you said that video took like a half an hour to make. You said. Yeah, man. Uh, look, I'm not going to plug a uh, product on another uh, podcaster show, but a canva.com. If you're looking for a subscription, please let me know. <laughs> Shameless plug, buddy. Shameless what, plug. What was it called? Canva.com. C-A-N-V-A.com. Oh, Definitely yeah. recommend it. Definitely recommend it. It's a great way to very quickly put together short clip video clips and stuff like that when you're small marketing, small advertising stuff. Works great. Dude, uh, the one I made today, which ended up being two minutes long. It took me about four hours. Yeah. So I used to do videos. I, I, you know, I commented on that, told you how much I I love that video that you did, but uh, I used to do videos through Adobe Premiere. And if it's a longer video, I'm definitely hitting Premiere. Like if it's anything over like a minute or two minutes, you know, I've done like two to three minute long videos in, in Canva and it's been fine. But if it's if it's longer than that, it's Adobe Premiere for, for sure. Uh, I didn't realize your podcast was suddenly becoming a, a technology podcast talking software. I didn't realize that was the direction you were headed with this podcast. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to talk about it. Like, it, it, <laughs> it, it took me a while. And I I teach that uh, software, but not a lot of it, like a limited amount, sure. because I'm teaching sure. to a, you know, a, a, a more challenging audience. But uh, for me to do it, like I have to research things while I'm doing it. So I'll, I'm yeah. sitting there like researching how to do like different adjustment layers. And I really wanted to pop text at the bottom. And the inspiration mm-hmm. for it came from um, the Fighting Cock released one from the Tottenham Hotspur uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. They put one out and it was about Arsenal. And I, I even posted on there like I'm stealing this. I'm going to make one for us. And uh, yeah, it, it, it did pretty well. And here's the thing is like, I don't fucking get used to that. I, that's that's not what I do. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna put this on Twitter later. Like, don't fucking get used to that. That took an that took a day. Yeah. Like that took a day of work basically, and I had and I did that. But that's not it's not me now. Hey, if you're out there and you like what you saw and you'd like to do them for me, you can hit me up at HoustonDynapod at Yahoo.com, which is a fucking child's email account apparently. I mean, I started a uh, online petition via Twitter to uh, get you to be the uh, player introducer guy uh, on the PA for the Dynamo because uh, that was that was that was smooth voice, man. I love the voiceover; it was nice. I just needed uh, I put a small room reverb on it, and then I adjusted. I noticed the, the reverb. I, I I did notice the reverb. It was definitely uh, definitely, and it sounds great with kind of the like video you have in the background too. Like it it, it goes well. You did a great job with it. And I also adjust my speed by minus 2% just because I, I talk fast normally. Like I'm not talking fast now because I'm, I'm pretty high right now. I'm, I'm quite relaxed. I normally talk really fast and all over the place. Like this is the most organized show I've done. And I've done 90 of them. 
Like we are on a good pace, but yeah, it, don't get used to that. I don't want to do those all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I will say this. If there are people out there that are interested in, in doing that kind of thing um, and they have, you know, as a hobby or they have the free time to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, besides hitting you guys up, hit yeah. me up on Twitter or uh, whatever. And uh, yeah, I know some people that are looking for similar types of services, <laughs> people to do similar types of stuff, like, I don't know, my show. <laughs> so, you know, people are out there that, that want to do stuff. I mean, there's definitely plenty of opportunities that is for sure. Like I'm, I'm not good enough to charge money for what I make. I know that, but if I could have somebody provide me graphics, cause I can't make the graphics. I'm not good at that. I need them. I need the graphics to be there to make it look okay. And I'm all right with sound and shit. Like I've just started playing with that since doing the podcast, but yeah, no, I'm not good enough to charge, but you know, I look at the ones I started making and they look so elementary compared to this, where I am now, but whatever. I'm glad, man. People liked it. So I'm happy, but, and it was a uh, fuck you, Dallas and Austin. I it definitely you. went a long way. Yeah. those. it was, it was really aimed at them. They were the motivation because they have been running their mouths. This isn't even a topic, but they've been running. See, here we go. Fucking weeds wearing off. They've been running their mouths like nonstop about like just how we finished last. Like, yes, we know. Fucking we watched. We we saw. And also we should have finished ahead of Austin. We lost the game because Seren was a dumbass in the first 20 minutes and got thrown out. We almost fucking stole two points. Either way, they, they just they ramble. And it's like you guys literally haven't won shit. Like Dallas has won two open cups. So they had that they've won something, but they've never won. And that's why I focused on the, the league cup. They've never won the fucking big one. So shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, and to, that's the big one. That and CONCACAF. If you win the Champions League, that'd be fucking, I, I consider I that mean, a pretty big deal. Yeah. Any, any MLS team that wins Champions League is going to have bragging rights for a very long time. But uh, did you see the, uh, <laughs> one of the Dallas fans put out a tweet uh and it was a it was one of those meme tweets of uh what you know uh you and then uh the guy your girlfriend tells you not to worry about and it was the da- the frisco uh supporter section stand uh, the safe standing part of there which looks like bike racks that have been just put across a, a section and then the the new ones for uh, our hustle town section and uh it, <laughs> it was like oh even frisco fans clapping on their own fo okay Ours look, ours look good. I didn't, haven't seen them in look. person, but I've seen photos and they look good. Yeah, same, same. No, they it, look really good and I'm excited for it. They look good to the point where it's like I could see myself sitting there, but believe it or not, at a game, I am not an extrovert. Like I am not loud, but I like I like I like when everybody else does it because I want that atmosphere, but I don't want to put any effort into getting it. <laughs> I, want to, I want all the fucking benefits, but I don't want to contribute. Okay, I want just that's that's what I want because I'm sorry like I'm not I'm I would have to get really drunk to be like one of those fucking put my arms around people sway back and I would have never lasted at A and M you know Finn you say that if you ever come out to a match and I'm at a match I guarantee you it would take me 15 minutes to get you comfortable out there enough comfortable enough to like join in the revelry ooh. Uh, oh, I met Mark up there in them. Um, well, but it, my, yeah, Mark, Mark ain't that kind of guy. Like, there's a difference, man. I love Mark to death. Don't get me wrong. And he's a fantastic guy and a fantastic supporter. But, like, he's not that, like, 
He's not that guy that helps you get into the atmosphere. Me, I'm tell you right now, I get people into the atmosphere. Trust me, 15 minutes and you'd be hooked. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'd sit in the supporter section. I'm pretty sure I like I like being in the shade. You, you know, you I, I get that. I have pale that children. I do that. I can definitely understand, especially during the summer months when it's not it's hot as all hell, literally. Uh, especially when the sun is beating. I mean, there are I have to like cake myself in sunscreen in order to not bake. So I definitely get it. I mean, I'm fair skinned too. So, you know, must be. Why yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right? I still don't know why they never, that's just fucking stupid. At least something, but you know, it's, it's too late now. That was never meant to be the supporter section. That's part of it too. Yeah. So, Hey dude, I was looking through Twitter today and checking out the lineups, you know, to, to prepare for the show. Cause it's important. And Corey fucking Baird's back. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Corey Baird tore his ACL. At mm-hmm. the end of last year, mm-hmm. and he's playing full contact, full speed. How? How, how? is it? Yeah. Like I don't I, think it was. A, yeah, I think I think to your point uh, in our partial. There's no way it had to be yeah, a partial. It had to have been just been a partial. You know, and, and I think a lot of times we hear ACL tear, and it's and what they really mean when they say that. And th- I, this was not the case for Corey, but I think they usually mean it's the ACL, and then a lot of the ligaments and, and tendons that go along with the ACL. I think in this case, it was truly Corey only like partially tore his ACL. So the repair on that was a lot less. Uh, and then who knows? Maybe we just have a better physio and and, and uh, rehab team than we've had in years past. I mean, I, I've heard I've heard tell that uh, we have a different fitness uh, and you know, kind of uh, strength coach, if you will. Uh, and so who knows? Maybe that's played a role as well. But uh, yeah, fantastic to see him not see him, but, you know, know that he's back out there playing and obviously, you know, started, which is, is a testament, I think, to his drive to get back uh, and then played full contact, like you said. And I mean, came out. Hold on while I knock on wood, came out unscathed. Uh, so hopefully that, that trend continues and hopefully he really is ready to play because that's a that's a piece I was not anticipating. Like we talked about last time, I don't think I was really anticipating him being ready for the beginning of the season. No, no, no. And do, do you remember back when uh, a torn ACL meant you were done? <laughs> Do you remember when that was it? You're like, you were done. And then I remember Jamal Anderson and Robert Smith. They were NFL running backs. Each of them tore their ACL and they managed to come back only to tear the other one. Like, or they tore the same one again. And when they did it, it was unheard of and and quite incredible, at least to me, maybe I'm just fucking stupid. And it, it was happening all over the place. And I just don't fucking pay attention, but it was like, Wow. And now it's, oh, it's just, it's no big deal. It's six to nine months. I remember when it was a year, it was like, holy shit, it's only a year. And then you're like, fuck, that's a year. Now it's six to nine months. But you know what? When I saw that he is fit, we just got a lot better. Mm -hmm. Like we, cause I was, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't counting on him until the summer. I, I didn't think he'd be back until July, but him to be fit all year. We now have decisions to make up top because you have Tyler Pasher, you have Fafa, and Fafa deserves to start. I mean, you know, if he doesn't put in the work, then no. But based upon what he did last year, he's he should be in there. And you're going to have Ferreira, who's on the right. Up this top. Is, he's not going to be on the right. He's up top. Baird, I mean... Baird can play on the wing. Baird has played. No, no. Baird is playing on the wing. Baird is playing. That's on the what wing. I'm saying. No, Fedetta is going to be up top. 
Yeah, no, no, no. When I said where does he play, I was transitioning to Baird. Oh, Ferrari yeah, this is, up top. This, yeah. Hey, this is the Corey Baird segment. <laughs> okay. Ferrari up top. Okay. Well, you know what's interesting to me is where Corey Baird started. It wasn't that he started on wing at wing because he kind of did that a little bit with the Dynamo, where he would start on the right or the left. But it was okay. the fact that he started on was the he left was he there Fafa long enough on the right? Was he here long enough to switch positions? Was he I mean, healthy yeah, there, long he, enough? He was here for a few matches. He, when he when he got here, the like day he was traded, he played in that match that yeah, night, I know. and he was our starter for God's sake. So yeah, yeah, we've the we guy, talked about that before. Ready. Where maybe that led to the injury, and that was something that I doubt it because he was playing no, for LA. It but, wasn't. It wasn't that. It, it was you just could, an unfortunate circumstance, and we've seen plenty of players that have had various non. But you know what? That's just like that's that. one more thing we can blame on Matt Jordan and Tab Rombo. So we're gonna. Yeah, there you go. It was there. There you go. Baird tore his ACL because Tab Ramos and Matt Jordan made him play. They fucking forced him to play. They had his wife at gunpoint and said, "If you don't fucking play, <laughs> she dies." And but yeah, it was fucking it was, Ramos didn't wouldn't sub him out. It or was you, interesting. Or use all five. Well, uh, uh, I use all uh, five all the time at FM 2022. All the I time. Mean, you have to. You have yeah. to. Uh, no, it was just interesting seeing that Baird had started on the left wing today. Um, and, you know, it, it's I think that speaks to uh, Nagamura having a very clear vision of what he wants to do formationally and what he wants to do with every position. You know, he, he, I mean, Corey Barrett is not a left winger, but he played him at left wing. And now what did that actually look like in the match? I couldn't tell you cause I didn't get to really, I mean, there was no stream of the match, no live stream or anything like that, but I suspect it was almost kind of more like a two forward situation, but you kind of overloaded the other side of the pitch. That's my expectation or my suspicion, but you know, again, just really weird to see, not weird, but just surprising, I guess, to see Corey Baird get a start at left wing when Fafa Pico played there pretty much the entire season, or at least started there the entire season last year. I mean, that was pretty much his his spot. Uh, but then again, he started on the right wing. So at least, you know, Fafa and Baird got their starts uh, on, on either wing, respectively. Uh, you know, and Ferrari up top. Uh, I'm still very much looking forward to Ferrari, and I still stand by my the dude's going to have a hell of a season and I'm ready for it. And I'm here for it. Clearly Nagamura has full faith in the kid to start him in the first preseason match with our start. What effectively is going to be nearly our starting 11 with what we paid. He had no place, but to start with what we perceived to be the first team, there was no other fucking thing you should have done. Right. Yeah. But you're also doing that with a player that you only signed, you know, three, four weeks, you know, three weeks ago, give or take four weeks ago. I mean, it's a player who's only been with your club now for less than a month and you're, you're starting him now. Yeah, it's preseason. That's where you want to start the kid. But, you know, he's only had a little bit of a training camp, a few practices with Nagamura to really get comfortable with the formation and the style of play and the expectations and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but for him to have that start and, and start over, you know, and again, you like you alluded to earlier, I mean, Corey Baird, it, you know, could be a true striker as well. So you could have started Corey Baird there. And let Ferrari kind of, you know, sub in for the second half. But, you know, realistically, the Dynamo were comfortable having Ferrari start and and in that position. And I agree with you. I mean, you paid that money. You definitely want him to start. But there's plenty of chances with a young player like Ferrari is to not necessarily start him right out of the gate. He's he's a striker. Fucking look, stand there and score. But what? Okay, look, there's there's positions that require coaching and systems and patterns of play. He's sure. a fucking striker. What are we going to do, coach? At some point, we're going to pass you the ball, and then we want you to put it in that net. 
I mean, if he's going to press, okay. You know what I mean? How much is he really going to do? Three, four weeks, I think, for his position, that that's that you can do that. That I think striker and keeper are two positions that you can come in. You can come in immediately and you can make an impact. I I disagree on keeper entirely because you have to build that communication and trust with your, with your defenders. I mean, certainly there are some keepers that can come in and command that respect out of the gate. But I mean, if you're bringing in a keeper from, you know, overseas that, that is a young keeper that doesn't, you know, hold the name or the privilege of being that caliber of player, you can't expect him to come in and command that back line strongly. You know, you're hopeful, but you, you can't expect that. I think with striker, there's a little bit of that as well. Like he's coming into a situation, say what you will, but he's coming into a situation where if you look at the lineup, this is Darwin Quintero's team. Realistically, at least from an attacking perspective, you look at last year, it was really Darwin Quintero and Fafa Pico. But, you know, and that was only because Fafa didn't have Darwin Quintero for more than half the season. But now, you know, Darwin, in, in, in looking at today's, you know, lineup. And we, wasted, and, and we wasted minutes on that mercenary prick, Maxi Aruti. We'll talk about that. Uh, but, you know, Darwin Quintero's ready to play, and he looks fantastic. And to me, you know, if Darwin Quintero can get on the same page with Fafa, Pico, Corey, Baird, and, and Ferrari, I mean, man, if Darwin Quintero can find those crosses and, the, the you know, those lobs into the box over the top and, and give Fafa those chances, if he can find those opportunities to slot one, you know, through, uh, through, ball, uh, through ball through the defenders to, to Ferrari to turn and hit, you know, if he can find those types of, of you know, chemistry moments, those types of moments uh, where we know Quintero is capable of it, then, I mean, again, I, we look pretty good up top. There is just We look pretty good up top. And that was something that people expected to kind of be a weakness for us with, with a Rudy leaving and, you know, not really having a strong forward. I mean, when we talked previously, we were talking about Thor potentially up top and Thor didn't even play today. By yeah, the people way. are high on him. I'm not. I'm, I'm still not. high on Thor. I, I liked what I no. saw out of Thor uh, from his, you know, from the highlight videos, but already, we talked about that, you know, but, but I look I good in, I look good in the highlight video. I, I true, but I mean, I've all, I also said that I expected Thor to be a half season player, like to, to kind of slow. That's a player that they truly are going to slow play. They're going to give him a chance to get truly acclimated to the speed of MLS, the physicality of MLS. And then they're going to start giving him opportunities midway through the season. Cause there's going to be a point that, if Ferrari is everything we expect and more, he's going to get national team call-ups. And this is a World Cup year. And if he's getting national team call-ups and this is a World Cup year, that's a player you may lose at various times for international call-ups. And Paraguay? so you're going to have to have a player. Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, like, have to- what are the odds of Paraguay making the World Cup? Oh, did I, I mean, am I missing something? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They still have matches to play regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honduras is that's out. Right. They still right. have matches to play. And, and, and trust me, even more to the point, Paraguay is going to want to play those young players and give them opportunities with the senior team. So it's even more of a problem in, in a way if Ferrari is really good. I mean, it's a good problem for us to have. But if Ferrari comes out, he is you know scoring banger after banger after banger, and he comes out in complete form to start the season or within the first five matches, you better believe he's going to get a look. Uh, and, and I'm not opposed to it. I just think that that means that, you know, players like uh, Thor and Bear are going to have to be ready to step up in that striker role. Uh, you know, and, and that's a it's not a big ask for a player like Corey Baird, but it may be a big ask for a player like Thor. I could see Thor suiting up more with Dynamo Dose than with the senior team. I think it depends. I, I, I think that Thor. I think that's how it should spend, be. 
I don't because well, he's not. You know, it's he's it, not it's an, a marquee draft pick. He's 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 his you know he's fucking known because he did a jackass move. Yes, he he could score goals, but he's known for being a bit of a prick. However, like well, I, he's I not mean, a marquee signing, so. I would develop them down there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you you don't go in college and go score a hat trick. There are very few players in college who actually net hat tricks in a single match, Um, especially on a team like Duke where they actually had other players that could score. It wasn't like he was the only player on the top of his team that could score. Uh, With that being said, I mean, I agree with you that he probably does spend time with Dinah Dose, and I think that's an advantage that we haven't had in the past where a, a player like Thor can spend time with Dinah Dose and it doesn't impact his availability for the senior team. And he gets to still train that, with the first team. He still gets the time to train with the first that's, team. That's critical, man. That's crucial. Well, not only that, he's training with the first team, but by and large, he's also training with the second team with Dinah Dose anyways, because they're training in the exact same training grounds. They're training in the same practices. All of the senior team and Dinah Dose train on the same pitch. They train the same exact way. Yeah, everything's the same. Separate team in that, that you need that continuity, and then we if we haven't we haven't had that, and you, you it reflects in our, our you know our performance. But we are off topic, sir. So we are going to. Oh, I know. Yeah, we're going to well, get. Okay, uh, one more thing. Uh, one more thing that. to that, real quick, before we switch topics. One more thing. It'll only take yeah, like thirty but, seconds, maybe. That was the biggest drawback. Said. Well, you know, you're used to it. That that was the biggest drawback. Sorry, you you, you know what they say. You set it up. I had to finish it. Uh, that's also what she said to me. Uh, man, I'm on the roll. Um, that was the drawback to, to having RGV as the affiliate is that it was an eight hour trip to get there, roughly give or take. And that's not something you're going to have a player do in a single day and be truly ready for matches, and then be able to have him come back the next morning. Whereas it playing in the same, you know, practicing in the same fields, playing roughly in the same area, being in the same city, that pipeline is going to be absolutely ready to go. And I think it's going to create tremendous opportunities for younger players that wouldn't have gotten an opportunity before. That was all I wanted to say to that. Oh, well, all right. Moving on. Uh, so Marco Marich is signed by a Greek club whose name I didn't even write down because I don't want to attempt to fucking say it. But how, like, I mean, I think this is an indication of where he really is. And this, this league he is going back to is really pretty much the same as the league he came from in terms of stature. And MLS is a step up from where marriage came from. And, and MLS is a step up from Greece. I, 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 if you went to the rankings, I guarantee you MLS is ahead of Greece. I don't trust the rankings to begin with. In the I do, but that's neither because the, those those guys are smarter than us, and they do it for a living. Oh, I trust. That's them. not true at all. I don't know who told you that, but that is absolutely wrong. Fucking internet uh, told me. <laughs> believe everything on the internet. Go ahead, Anthony Fauci told uh, me. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is uh, there. Look, that, that that's just like saying that the the Scottish Premier League is, is you know below MLS, and, and yes, on, on, by and large, that is true. That doesn't mean that there are not teams within those leagues rangers and celtic rangers and celtic or you know with with greece it's olympiacos you know olympiacos is absolutely mls level if not like the very tip top of mls level yeah um you you know and so you have to be that's why i say i mean you got to be careful with that because those rankings can be very misleading you know the league itself can be very i mean look at la liga right i mean you know realistically the th- top three, four teams are the best, you know, some of the best in the world. But after those four teams, it drops off dramatically. Germany's worse. You know, Germany is worse. Although I would say Bundesliga two is still one of the better leagues in general in Europe. No, I mean, the, the gap between uh, 
Bayern Munich oh, and everybody yeah, between else. The top three teams, and then nobody. Well, else between Bayern and everybody, it's, it's Bayern and everybody. Well, else. Yeah, Borussia, Borussia you, you, you might right get a, BBB's you might get a Borussia. Right you might get a, uh, was it Leip- Leipzig? Leipzig, but he uh, left. He's gone. Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was another team too. I can't remember who it is that's pushing Bayern right now. I don't know who it is. Hoffenheim, Hanover. I have no idea. Yeah, it's probably Hoffenheim. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I just I was using this as just an example of how this sure, is something that we sure. just we got wrong. I just again. want to be fair and not to be fair because I could care less about marriage. Thank God he's gone. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. But you know, I I, I want to be careful that we don't demean you know what the opportunity is for him. It's a great opportunity for him. He clearly wasn't ready to be playing over here, even though he was sold a bag of goods by trash Jordan as he is, uh, along with a lot of players that played for this team. Um, but, you know, it, it's about time. It needed to happen. Uh, and it's again, it's a great business in general sense by Pat, because he's getting a getting a player off the books that didn't need to be here any longer. And, you know, really, at the end of the day, that's all I can ask of Pat, like he was handed a pretty broken team and you look at the work that he put in this off season. No, he didn't bring in a whole lot of pieces, but what he did was he cleared a lot of that excess baggage, a lot of that dead weight off the books. And speaking of that, what's the next one? You can already tell, you know what it is, but you, you can already tell that Pat knows it's about two to three year plan to win. That's what Steris and Clark are here for. They're here for that two to three gap where he can get these these younger guys in, like you know Reigns, who we're going to talk about, and guys that fit that. But like you said, he cleared out a lot of dead wood, and he he sold right, sold him right, loan with obligation to buy or loan yeah, with like obligation loan or whatever. Obligation to buy yeah. back to uh, Hurricane, 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 Bob Dylan live at Budokan. and you know I would have given. I would have given him another year just because of how much we spent. And this was going to be a tremendous loss only because of what we spent. Cause we, we didn't see enough of him. I know the coaches did and all, but it was tab Ramos. However, it was made across the board and Onstad was here for a little bit of Bahamish's time, but I would have given him another year. You know what? It's, it's an international spot off. It's a large salary off. It frees up quite a bit of on the wage book and it frees up the international spot. And all right, fine. The fact that Corey Baird, if you said Baird was healthy, that changes my point of view, though. I'm like, all right, fucking get rid of him because you can yeah. put Baird there. And that may have been part of what took so long to make the to pull the trigger on the move is that they wanted to make sure that Baird was ready to go. They wanted to make sure that that they had that player and that he was truly healthy and he was truly going to be able to put in the shift. But I think the part of it that and you alluded to talking about the international slot, that, that's a big deal for a team that's trying to, you know, rebuild in specific places, trying to, you know, bring in some bigger names, trying to create some opportunities for younger players, those sorts of things. You know, you say that, you know, Pat only had, you know, a short period of time to, to really evaluate. And I think that's true. But I also think that we have to keep in mind, Pat was evaluating this team before he took over. He went into that office with Ted Seagal, sorry, Siegel, and <laughs> I do that every time, Ted Siegel, and he, uh, uh, you know, and, and he had a had a full hundred slide PowerPoint plan, and I guarantee you one of those things, probably two of those things was get rid of marriage and, and you know, get him overseas away from here, and same thing with Bahamich. Like, he knew, Pat knew what he wanted. Pat understood player personnel. 
and, and I think he's definitely helped by having a guy like Asher Mendelssohn as the technical director that truly is a talent evaluator of not only players that you currently have, but players that you potentially want to go after to fill positions in need. And it's clear that both of these guys felt that Bahamich and Verich were not good enough to be that type of player that they need to truly build this squad to where it needs to go. Yeah, you know, and uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck it, because I was listening and then it caught me off guard. (laughs) Shit, we're talking about Pat. Perfect example of a player that, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, technical director, you know, Asher Mendelssohn and uh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember what I was going to say. I got your transition, buddy. So I got you. The fact that, you know, Mendelssohn is here now, like I said before, like that, that's a big deal. But when you talked about Onstad and now I remember when he talked about Onstad and his PowerPoint, I really hope somewhere in there were a few slides on getting us broadcast locally in English. Like that, even if radio? it's no on television, even if it's on a local station, like that you we have that you, been now, they're not right. Aren't they done? Well, are they? No, there's this are still we? cube this year. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal with the broadcast uh, situation right now that I'm aware of now. Oh, but I mean, even when we're away, I want us to get broadcast here. Even when we're away we have on been. local. Am I fucking really? It's on the it's on Cube. It's been on Cube for the last two seasons, and it'll be on Cube again this season. Isn't it Quest? Fuck. Uh, Quest. Yeah, sorry, God. Quest now, but it's the same the same channel. Uh, even more to the point, though, is that one of the things that's going to be different this year is that there will be no. I've been told this is the case, and, and I'm hoping 100 this is accurate. But I've been told by sources, I won't say who, there will be no blackouts and restrictions this year on local broadcasts. What that means is that if you are streaming, no matter where you're streaming at, if you're streaming, doing the MLS streaming through ESPN Plus or whatever it is, you will be able to watch the local matches or the local broadcasts on those on those streaming channels uh, and not be blacked out anymore, which means you get to hear Glenn Davis and Eddie Robinson's lovely, sound like some of them been smoking for 50 years, voices. Uh, and, and I, like, hear, I like Glenn's voice. I, I love listening to Eddie talk about Eddie sounds like the, you're like the drunk uncle that you like over. Yeah, Thanksgiving oh, absolutely. He's going to be say some funny shit and you're going to laugh. 100%. Well, he's got stories, man. If you've ever if you ever get a chance to sit down with Eddie and, and, ha- and this is what you do. You sit down with Eddie and you ask him about CONCACAF Champions League and what it was like playing over playing in like Honduras and Guatemala. Man, he's got stories on stories and it is it is fucking Yo, unbelievable. Have you ever watched that? Have you ever watched Better Call Saul? Uh, yeah, that's the the precursor to, to Breaking uh, Bad. Yeah, to Breaking yeah. Bad. So Glenn Davis is Saul's older brother, and <laughs> Eddie is Saul. Like in this relationship, because oh, yeah. Glenn is like organized and he's professional and he does everything by the book, and Eddie follows the book kind of. Like it, if God, if you guys haven't seen this show, when you watch, you be like, oh, I fucking get it now. But dude, like. You know, like they're both successful, but the family's like, can't really figure out how this one made it. And I don't, I want them to put some pants on fucking dinner now. Stop wearing shorts and flip flops at the dinner table. You know, like uh, they just, they compliment each other and they're, they're funny. But when Eddie's with Pat, that dynamic, that's something pretty cool. Eddie and Glenn is cool, but Eddie and Pat, it's like, these two were like whipping each other's asses with towels in the locker rooms and winning MLS oh, cups. Guarantee that was happening. Like, there's no doubt. You know, when Eddie came through, Pat probably, Pat was probably the one who was, you know, uh, 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 hazing him when he came through. I mean, they're older you know? than us, so like 
there was what people today would consider to be inappropriate things going on in that locker room. I mean, you say older than us. I don't. Pat is older than me. I don't think Eddie's older than I am. I think Eddie's about my age. How old are you? Thirty-nine, going on forty in October. Okay. Nobody believes me when I tell them that either. I'm, like, I'm, no, older, really I'm older than you are. Are you really? Yeah, I'm thirty-nine, going on forty in April. Player. Oh, okay. Yeah, by what? Like a few yeah, months. A couple so, months. Okay. Was I? I, I know. I look good. Like, I'm like ten years older. I was gonna be like, wait, what? I know. I know. I look good. You're right. I do. What's up? You don't have nearly as much silver fox going on in your beard that I do. No, nah, oh, never my mind. Hair. I see it now. I couldn't see it. It was the angle. Yeah. Now I see it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I still have my hair, and that's like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking vain about my hair, man. Like I am now. Once it started to notice it was starting to thin, I was like, I'm growing this bitch out. And I really, I grow it out. And I learned why Gareth Bale grew his out. It was the cover up a bald spot. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. That's so exactly I am doing the same fucking thing. Cause I think it's genius and he has hair plugs. Now I won't be getting those. So I'm going to be fucking, and I'm not cutting it. So whatever fucking tied up. You can't tell anymore. Yeah. But oh, all right. I want to tell you a quick story because this is supposed to be at the beginning. Oh, all right. So as you know, like I, I publicly discuss my love life on, on the show and recently uh, over the I, past, I didn't know you talked about your right hand that way, buddy. I talk about her too. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Cool. And it's not mine. She oh. is her, she's her own separate being. All right. Okay. It's like it's like <laughs> South Park with Miss Lopez, which was one of the most racist TV episodes I've ever seen in my life. And it was South Park. And I was like, this is racist even for South Park. <laughs> anyway, so we've been seeing each other and talking for like two months. And she is, dude, she's so fucking oh, she's so good looking. Like I'm talking like, uh, like if you saw her like in a bathing suit or like, you'd be like, oh my. And she's not like huge breasted. She's just, she's like petite, but she's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. She, she's, I like it. Now, as you guys know, and you know, I don't have a problem fucking talking. I talk all the time. However, I have said three of the dumbest things I can ever remember saying in my life in front of this woman. Number one, do you have a favorite fish? That, and that was how I worded it. These are all worded the exact way they came fucking out. Okay. This is exactly how I said it. Do you have a favorite fish? Number two, do you like music? That was it. Do you like music? I asked her, who the fuck doesn't like music? Like, I think only psychopaths don't like music. I mean, you were, look, you were just filtering out, right? You were just, you were just pre preventing from the possibility of psychopath. So. Number three, and this is my fucking favorite. So we have not had sex. We have not fornicated. In fact, um, this past time she was here is the first time like we've really made out pretty heavy, like where hands explored and whatnot. Okay. So we're making out on the couch and my couch fucking sucks and it's not comfortable to make out. And I'm like, if I keep doing this, I'm fucking going to get a cramp on my neck. <laughs> so I said to her, I said, do you want to go in the bedroom and go lay down? And she gives me this look like you talking about fucking. And I get, and I said, look at her. And I said, I, I don't mean to have sex. I mean, we can if you want, but it's not what I mean. I mean, like, lay down. It's not comfortable out here. So she goes, okay. So she walks into the bedroom. She sits on the bed, and she starts taking off her shoes. 
I sit next to her and I fucking say, yay. I fucking said, yay. Like I'm 12. Yeah, and I immediately, immediately I went, yay. And I went, oh my God, what the <laughs> fuck did I just say? I was like, I don't, I was like, I'm sorry. Like I have to, I was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened right there. However, I have told you that you make me very nervous. And as you know, we've already had two incidences where things were said that made no sense and were completely fucking weird. And it was like, she's like, oh my God. She goes, this is the third time. And I said, yeah. I was like, this doesn't ever fucking happen. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure she's heard that before too. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Holy (laughs) shit though, man. Like after that, like once we moved past the yay, uh, oh, oh, it was like, it took everything I had to like not try and advance it to the point where our clothes were off and I was inside of her body. It took everything in my being, but here's the thing. I get so nervous. What if underneath all that, it was like, it's like awful, like horribly burned, which I know that sounds bad, but that's not something I'm into. That's not like a thing I have. Right. I, uh, it would, it would, it would just be surprising. I can't backtrack this or rewind. We'll just edit this. No, out you really can't. You have, we'll just, no, you, you have created this path and you are, you are absolutely like barreling a, down this path. Like, like four nipples or like four nipples or something like that. Fucking pivot four nipples or something like, um, unless that happens, I, I I'm, I'm afraid like, I'm not good. I, I might get uh, not stage fright. I'll get hard as a rock, but like, just not be able to get a rhythm or like go early. I'm probably going to go early because I probably am. It's probably going to happen. Like, and it's, it's fine. Guarantee, it's a guarantee, dude. Like it, it's going to happen. I, yeah. Like, oh, but I will say that I, I continue to raise my standards and I'm just like, you know what? From now on, if she's not fucking like hot as shit, I'm not dating her. There you go. I mean, Plus, you know, that's the big thing to, to take away. I will yeah. say this, man. Superficial. The more you think about it and the more you get in your own head, the harder, well, not the harder, the softer it's going to be. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I mean, truthfully, because you're going to be like, you, you just start overthinking everything. I mean, clearly, if she's still, you know, she's still hanging around after you proverbially put your foot in your mouth three separate times. And the third one was classic impressive amazing by the way that that is a that is i'm gonna literally clip that story at some point off the vod when it you know or not the vod but the uh the the podcast when it's done and that's going to become like a clip that i'm going to bust out at random times i said yay i mean just like the, the the perfection in which you eloquently shared that story uh and the the other two but my point being coming back to that excuse me Point being, if she's stuck around through those three, you got nothing to worry about. She's accepting of you and all of your flaws for whatever they may be. And clearly, up to a point, you are accepting of hers as long as when push comes to shove, and I mean that figuratively and literally, you know, it's not an issue in terms of what is there before you. You know, and and, and it, it sounds to me like you just need to get over yourself more so than anything else. 
Oh no, she 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 definitely this has now likes become love me. line uh, love line with the Dynamo. Uh, this is this is this is quality stuff. This is this good is content. <laughs> this is good. Uh, no, no, she she definitely likes me. Like we've gone out like eight times. Like for sure, she likes me, and like I am in my own head. But I will tell you, there will be no pushing or shoving. Like here's here's how it's going to go. No, I will tell you that my my mouth will go places that some Wait, guys don't like to put it. The push and shove. She'll get that at some point. Well, that's my point. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a push and a shove. It might be, you know, like a, a, a gentle, a gentle penetration. Unless she asks, that's all I'm saying, bro. You know. Yeah, I've had, I've had girls. I had one was some, like some choke, girls like choke that. me. I'm just saying they do. Yeah, no, I know, and um, I, yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes I've had one who's like, she, uh, fuck, she, she hasn't listened in a while. But one time she got mad and she goes, look. If I come over here, I need you to fuck me in the first 15 minutes. And I was like, all right, then fine. Because we were talking. It'd been like, she'd been out for like 45 minutes. And she goes, what the fuck are we doing? I was like, I thought we were talking about this. And she goes, I come over here to get fucked. Let's because like we would do it like it was hard. Like it was rough. Like I'd put her ankles next to her ears and then like use the couch for leverage with my legs. So my I'm off the ground and going. It was like a. One of those fucking cranes you, you see guys right now listening to the podcast can't yeah, like the ones, see the, the ones that put- <laughs> he's giving me right now. He is giving me visuals via hands to show me exactly what he's referring to. I just thought I'd share that with you guys so you really can get a clear picture of the real Finn that is behind the camera that you don't get to see on a regular basis. Oh, I have broken Finn. I have succeeded in my quest to break Finn in two episodes of being on this show. Uh, but yeah yeah it was like one of those things that puts the uh the things in so they can build bridges in the water it's just over and over that's how she liked it so happy to oblige um yeah so uh one thing we did some we did do that i was like oh this is good i like this like i, I don't care about bahamich is not a big deal because you know baird's healthy and like we said I, I think baird is a good player i think he is an above average average to above average I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but I think he's he's a quality player. So him being healthy, I don't care about Bahamich leaving. I knew Marich had to leave. Our, our keepers were fucking horrible last year. They were both terrible. 6.2s. They were both 6.2s. They are well below average. They were both fucking awful. Michael, Michael Nelson will probably never be a starting goalkeeper, but that's fine. Anyway, we did something that I was like, wait, yay. Brook, yay, there it is. Brooklyn Reigns, 16-year-old youth international. Um, did he not? He trained with Barca's Academy, did he not? Yeah, he I know did. he's been he's in Europe. Barca's Academy. He's a, he's a good looking kid. And I also learned today about who was this guy's Andre Gitao? Gitao, yeah. Gitao? I didn't I, I didn't know who he was until I started getting these lineups ready. And I was like, who who is this? And I've done player profiles on most of these guys. Hey, the only reason you knew who Paulo Paolo Lima. Limo was because I told you last time. He's one of our draft picks. He was our second draft pick, first draft pick of the second round. Yeah, I did recognize that name and Ordonez, but I didn't see Ordonez on Ordonez didn't play. I mean, that doesn't mean much. Like I said, Thor didn't play either. No, but I thought I thought that was a pretty good sign to see. The rain signing was cool, but then to also see, hey, we just ran out. He's 16, is he not? Gatow? Uh, 17, 18, 19. He, he's he's young. 17. He's 17. He's young. He, yeah. He, yeah, just featured for his use for the or for the U17s. Yeah, so I was like, all right, not only are we adding these older guys, Clark, Stettis, but 
we are bringing in what could be high high potential players. And so they're here, at an age the- where I'm almost done. They're at an age <laughs> where in two years they can play in the MLS. They'll be 18 and 19. They can legitimately play in the MLS. Maybe they shouldn't, but they are physically at a better point in their lives where they can hold up better. Go. Yeah. What I was going to say is you look at that lineup from game two and there's a lot of those younger players, Ethan Bartlow coming, you know, coming off an injury, but he was the draft pick last season. Juan Castilla, youngest uh, Dynamo homegrown ever. Uh, You have Andre Guitao. You've got Sam Junqua who, yeah, I mean, he's a veteran now, but he's still a fairly young player. You've got Marcelo Palomino. uh, You've got Paulo Lima. You've got Michael Nelson, who's still a fairly young goalkeeper, all things considered. So it's a fairly young, you know, secondary squad, if you will. Our, our backups are fairly young for the most part, and I'm okay with this. But what that shows me is the effect that we're going to see that Pat Onstad and on the uh, and fuck, I can't remember Asher Mendelson. Mendelson. I was going to say Ander, and I'm like, I know it's not Ander. Asher Mendelson. These guys are going to look to bring in players who are going to feature and have featured for their youth national teams and who look to feature for their national teams in due time. Look, Andre Guitao is one of those players within three to four years could easily knock on the door of U.S. men's national team or another national team for that matter. He's got dual citizenship. Um, you know, Marcelo Palomino is one of those. Kids What's his other is, country? I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I didn't look it up. Uh, I, think there's know, a, I think that's a little quick to say men's team capable i think that's a little early we need to see a little depends bit more on his second nationality right well u.s men's team no i, don't, I, I mean don't, aj I don't de la garza featured for guam guam oh I, I, ari lasseter featured for puerto rico costa rica oh, well, costa rica puerto rico <laughs> costa rica uh you know marcelo palomino is one of those players that he featured for and i mean featured for the u.s youth national team so there is an opportunity there for him uh, Juan Castilla, I believe he's got Colombian dual citizenship, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so he's a player who could eventually feature for for uh, Colombia, even in, you know, at their youth national team level. Again, he's only 16 years old right now. So I mean, plenty of time for him to grow and develop. But the fact that he's getting time with players like a Marcelo Palomino, players like Derek Jones, Michael Nelson, Zarek Valentin, Tyler Pasher, uh, Joe Corona. You know, there's a good mix of veteran leadership and veteran players who are going to help these younger players get better and still younger players that are all pretty talented in their own rights in their own positions. And it's on uh, it's on Paolo uh, Nagamora. It's on Kenny Bundy, uh, the head coach of the of Dynados. It's on these guys, these coaches, the coaching staff uh, to be able to pull the most out of these players. And that was the one thing to me beyond all of the struggles we had. Uh, with the tab era, if you will, that tab never did. He was never able to get the most out of players. He got what he got, but it was never the most out of those players. And that's, I think, the difference that that is really going to set this team in particular. And, you know, like you said, Pat probably looked at this as a three, you know, two to three year project minimum before we were truly competitive for MLS Cup. I think that's a fair assessment, but I don't think it's out of the question to think that this team, the way that it's currently built, couldn't compete for at least playoffs this year. And I think that's definitely the goal. And I know that we're still another signing come the summer window. I don't know who it is. I've got an idea what position they're going to play, but I don't know who that is. And if that player comes in and lights it up when they get here and they form a good partnership with uh, Ferrera, they, they're Ferrari, they form a good partnership with Darwin Quintero because it's going to be an attacker. You know, if all of that falls into place in that second half of the season, anything is possible. 
Yeah, I, I think I think we can definitely crack the top ten. I would like to be able to compete for the playoffs. You mean top ten total in MLS or just top ten in the uh, Western? Top ten in the West. I mean, I mean, we haven't added better as hell. Crack the top ten in the West. We, we haven't added all the parts, right? No, no. But when I look at a, this, is not a a done project. By no, 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 no. But I'm saying all the parts, not to be done, but just to to be a playoff team. Sure. When when I look at that second squad. I'm running that squad out in my open cup games versus USL squads. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run that out against an MLS team. Not, no, and you're unless not going we were to. at home and they nobody was somebody really bad. But I mean, that's that's a that's a trophy. You know, not trophy. That's a that's a, a cup game squad. Sure, and but, it's a I mean, decent at, cup game squad. I think a lot of fans, and I'm going to lump you into this. A lot of fans are very uneducated when it comes to how many and how much depth a lot of teams have. Now you have your exclusionary differences, such as your Philly that have 23, 30 guys on their roster that easily could start for their club. You have your Frisco's that maybe have, you know, 17 or 18 players that could start on their club. And that's it. You know, most teams after that, like 13th, 14th, 15th roster slot. And that includes the starting 11. They start to taper off pretty dramatically. There's a reason why the two L.A. teams last year struggled, because their depth was not there. Their superstars didn't show up in the way that they expected. And you look at other teams in MLS, and it's very similar. Now, again, you're Seattle. That was us. That was us as soon as Elisa Minotis left. Absolutely, 100%. And that's because we didn't backfill the depth pieces before they left. And when they left, we didn't maximize what we should have got in return for them so that we could have brought in those extra pieces. Are you talking about the Dynamo or Tottenham now? Because I'm confused. Uh, Both, actually. Uh, Very, very similar situations just in general. Um, At Uh, least we're not being run by Daniel Levy, right? Uh, I mean, say what you want, but Daniel Levy's done a a pretty – I know we haven't won, but the stadium, the the sponsorship – as a business guy, there is not another executive in all of the Premier League that can rival Daniel Levy. Here's the problem. That's what I He's mean. He's a business guy, and he has not given the cap- or the control of transfers to Paratisi, who absolutely had pegged the proper players to bring in. Oh, God, we're turning into a Spurs podcast for you now. Uh, absolutely had pegged the Talk. right players to bring in to to definitely take Spurs to the top four in the Premier League and, you know, and even vie for one of the top three slots. And that's impressive considering how far back they technically are uh, points wise. But we still got what, two games in hand on second three, place or something? Two like or that. three at some places. But yeah, yeah, we, we got to, we can't get stuck on Spurs. But yeah, it's, they're a top four squad. They should be. They should be. I yep. think they are right now. Um, so yeah, I like the, the youth movement and we're going to go over. Uh, our preseason lineups. So I put game one, but it was, it was the first half Half one. Yeah. Half, half one. one. And the fucking look dynamo social media. Do not list the lineups alphabetically. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? How, how hard is it? It's, it's what it's less than, what is it? 22 other letters and 11 hyphens. That's fucking it. That's all you And, and 11 enters 11 taps on the enter key. 10, actually 10 fucking taps. That's all you had to do. Literally less than 50 things combined to do this properly. And you didn't. And we don't appreciate it. I certainly don't. Because now I got to fucking Rubik's Cube this shit and figure out who played where. And I'm guessing Griffin Dorsey was our right back. So fuck you, Dynamo Social Media, for doing this. No, he was. Stuff. He was. I can confirm that for you. He was the right back. Uh, who does this? You know, yeah, but 
because I was like Baird Clark, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And like Doris, what the? And then I, like this doesn't make any sense. It took. It, I looked at it and it. Yeah, Baird's starting a goal. My brain like threw up and was like, "Fucking, this is wrong." And then it, I was like, "I just." And it's like, "Wait a minute, this is alphabetical," and it's it's not because in one they wrote memo and they put it after Quintero and Parker and Pico, unless that's how somebody else reposted it. But either way, uh, so you had Dorsey at the right back. Parker and status, the center backs, which it's going to be teenage and Parker. We know that, right? Teenage going through COVID protocols. Now that he's back from Africa. Yeah. And then it was Dorsey as your, your, or your, your left backs, Adam Lundy, which that, that makes sense. Uh, midfield would have been fucking thing. Quintero, Memo and Veda, which I, I, I know, I know that, but I know this was a 4-3-3 because he plays a 4-3-3. I just want to know how the middle was. No, It was uh, Quintero with Memo playing more of a true central. Okay. Quintero kind of playing an inverted triangle. Mid. It wasn't even an inverted triangle. It was almost like a like kind of offset with like pushed up playing the field. a bit deeper, playing deeper, closer to the, the defensive line. Uh, and then Memo playing a little kind of more centrally, just and then floating back Quintero and forth. Quintero was a little bit higher and then up. And Quintero up higher as an attacking mid, yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. Which that allows, this, the the depth of uh, Memo allows Adam to get forward. Look at me fucking well, analyzing things. And by the way, when you lump me in with uneducated people, if I shared my football manager fucking progress with you, you'd be like, all right, you know what you're doing. Man, I am tearing it up. I've won four consecutive conca right, But I, video I, game. I can also quit game and exit. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. How many times have you done that? Then you want to be honest with me <laughs> today? None. I didn't say today. Oh man. I don't know. Over your career. Oh, just this career that you're running right we're, now. We're, we're talking probably triple digits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That explains a lot. You can be proud of it while you want, but I feel no, like I figured I, it out pretty quick though. Sure. Well, there's a, there's Bas- a lot how, to, how to figure it out, but I figured it out in the most basic way possible. You failed we, until you succeeded? No, it's just, um, well, fuck, we'll save this segment for later. We'll come back to this. <laughs> but uh, and up top, you had Baird, Fafa, and Ferreira. And I was like, I'm okay with, like, even if this was our opening day lineup, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, like, upset. And when you know Hadebe is going in there, that is like, okay, yeah, that looks pretty nice. It doesn't look too bad, you know, because the fact that we now have a goalkeeper who can do everything better than our last one, and we have a, a true striker to complement a guy with 11 goals, and then Quintero, who, if he's fit, when he's fit, he is the best player. He will be the second best player on the field this year. Ferreira should be number one, but he's the creator, and he should he should be playing like that's – that's not bad. Like it's a pretty good, pretty good look, right? But yeah. Oh, I mean, it is. But uh, I mean, there. Look, I I would be content if that's how we go into the season. But I know that there's there's going to be some positions that shift a little bit. There's going to be some players that end up stepping up in preseason that we don't anticipate stepping up in preseason that. Uh, Paulo is going to give an opportunity to start to open the season. And we're going to be like, wait, where did that player come from? I think one of those players, and I said it earlier, is Marcelo Palomino. Look, the kid proved it in, in USL. And all it is is just a step up to MLS. And 
he, I don't feel like he's fighting against Quintero. I feel like he's fighting against Memo. And at this point, if you ask me who I'd rather have on the pitch uh, for an entire match, it's got to be Marcelo Palomino. If what I saw last year for Memo is the true Memo. Now, with that said, it's also it's also a different situation because Memo was playing under tab, whereas Marcelo had the advantage of not playing under tab last season and playing for Charlotte Independence in the USL, who do have a pretty decent coach, or at least did last year. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, I think we'll see. And I'm telling you without a doubt, there's going to be at least one surprise starter going into the season. I'll leave it at that. Cite your source. Absolutely not. I don't burn sources, but they know who they are. It's turned into an episode of Homeland, which by the way, is quite wild. And when I was describing the girl I'm currently dating, she's built a lot like Claire Danes is built in that show. And Claire Danes is fucking smoking hot. Like, so there we go. That's what I'm dealing with. Yay. Uh, this is game two, the second half, right? Bartlow. It took me a moment. I go, oh yeah, that's the guy that was supposed to be good last year. Castilla, who I forget is 16 or 17, because in my, 16. in fuck the year I'm in, he's 23. So I'm like, all right, he's 23. And I'm like, Corona's 34. So uh, everything's like advanced for me. But then Corona, uh, Gitao, Derek Jones, who is actually in my my uh, my combo lineup of this day. Like if I had to pick from today, who would I put and where would I put him in what formation? He's in it. I know, it's shocking. So, so, so is Sam Junka. And Palomino, you know, you talk about he's not fighting with Quintero. He's fighting with Memo. I think he's more like... Quintero. He's not. He's a center mid. He's not an attacking mid. The kid will never be an attacking mid. We'll see. He's a a pivot player. He's not a, he's not a, uh, he's, it's not that he's not creative enough. It's just that he's not, he doesn't have that dramatic flair. He doesn't have flair. No, I I agree. Attacking mid. And, and and that's okay because he's learned to be the center center mid. He's learned to be that There's plenty of attacking mids. Kevin De Bruyne is not, he's not, he's not, he's not fancy. Christian Erickson. Oh no, not at all. No, not at all. De Bruyne is, dude. Okay. De Bruyne has some passes that nobody sees coming. I've seen him hit through balls through the Tottenham defensive line. Like it wasn't even there. Now, granted, it really wasn't because the defensive line at the time sucked. But all the same, I've seen. Yeah, but when you're guys. running Raheem Sterling in behind Joe Roden or Jaffa Tanganga, it's like, you know, if Tanganga doesn't kick you in the face, you're going to get behind him and then he's going to barrel you over. But like, uh, yeah, you, you, there's been plenty of guys that are attacking wins that aren't, that don't have that flair. The thing you know? that Marcelo Palomino does that I think is an underrated thing, especially in, in the deep kind of center mid, true center midfield is that he's capable of picking out that long pass to pivot the play forward. And here's the thing. You could certainly say he's competing with like a, a Darwin Quintero for the attacking mid, but I feel like that's that's hurting the team overall, and here's why. If you can have two of those types of players, one that can play a little bit deeper and get the ball up to your attacking mid who actually does have that creative flair and does have that capability to get it to the players that are in your top, you know, top three front line, you know, why wouldn't you want that over Memo Rodriguez who – can't hit a mother freaking pass to a forward to save his gosh darn life. And yeah, I really filtered that one through. I mean, memo ha- memos passing is the equivalent of Bahamich's running. I would rather watch somebody on a godforsaken treadmill try to run than watch Bahamich try to run behind a, a defensive line. I mean, it is just so bad. FC Dallas posted their new 
designated player, Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And I, I commented, he looks like a chubby Bahamich. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty sad overall. Um, you know, and that is one thing I meant to mention this earlier. Or I was he's thinking built, he's built like Kubo Torres was, and we all know how well that went. That is one of those. Yeah. Uh, and Luis Angel Lundin, who was before your time, uh, same type of player. Uh, there, There is very much going to be a shift in the dynamic of the youth players coming up in the next like five to seven years. Because we now have guys like Pat and Asher Mendelson and player and uh, personnel on our staff, scouts and otherwise, who are going to be able to connect players who are coming up through the academy, find players coming up through other academies and other areas of the world and bring them in at the younger ages and be able to help them grow. We're going to eventually take it and we're going to be in that position where we're going to be competing, truly competing with uh, Frisco. Uh, to have one of the best academies in Texas, if not the best academy in Texas. I think we got a long way to go to catch Frisco, but we, we have to make to seven sure. Years. Oh, did you? Five to seven years. Yeah, I said five to <sighs> seven. I think it's honestly before that. I've had a chance to sit down with uh, Paul Holliker. Well, you, you've you got to figure, too, for every year they gained on us, we have to make that up. And they, they, they don't gained have as on much us co- exponentially. They don't have as much coming up through their youth ranks right now as they used to. And right. that's the big difference is that we're going to catch up. But they just got $20 million for But Ricardo they're not Pepe. investing it in their youth team. They're investing it in players that are coming from overseas that are younger players. In the yeah, but have they? They're 19, we don't, there's no way they're spending all of it there. It's no, going to go they're not. back. So that's going to help. This is the hunts. This is the hunts. And the hunts don't care about their actual team. See, we don't we don't have to be number. Our academy doesn't have to be no. better than Dallas's because no. we have the ability here to generate more revenue. See, but here's here's the falsity behind that. The reason that Frisco's academy is as good as they are is because for the first fifteen years of this organization, no, no emphasis no emphasis was placed on actually bridging and reaching out to the academies in the local area, the existing already there teams, the com- competition teams that had put in the time and the effort to grow these players. They also got a 10 year head start. It didn't matter. There were opportunities. And I know this because I've heard the stories and I've talked to the people that were involved. There were opportunities for the dynamo to absolutely destroy Frisco in this specific region, this specific area. There were opportunities for them to partner with uh, the academies that are in this area 10, 15 years ago. We would have had youth players that ended up going to Frisco that were already here in the Houston area that would have stayed. We lost five to seven players that ended up, they didn't necessarily become starters, like two or three of them became starters for Frisco over the years, but they were players that could have been in our academy system and could have helped elevate the rest of the academy system. And because we didn't put an emphasis on it, we didn't have the coaching staff. We haven't had the coaching staff. We didn't have the scouting staff. We haven't had the uh, scouting staff. And we didn't have the proper personnel to help these players build uh, bridge that gap from from youth development up to you know playing in a semi professional to playing professional. And that's the difference. Now that we've got that, that's going to make a much more compelling argument for a player that's considering. Okay, I'm I'm a Houston player. I've been grown up in Houston. I actually maybe I don't feel a connection to the franchise but they're giving me the tools to be potentially successful and I don't have to move away from my family to do it. That is a tantalizing opportunity for a young player. Would you say that Houston is about the same distance as Dallas is from Nacogdoches roughly give or take 30 to 45 minutes? Yeah, I'd say right about there. Clint Clint Dempsey. Yep. 
Yep. So that's why I asked. Yeah, I just yep. they have a ten year head start and they have done well. I mean, they, they still they've done a good job. But we we can catch them, we can pass them, and we have more talent in this city than they do. And that's an advantage that we have. We have we have better talent here because there's more. And when there's more, the talent's better. It's fucking simple percentages. I mean, I yeah, right. Unless you're in like Antarctica, I guess. But so well, and, and and I'm gonna add this to that and, and I'll I'll finish it on this. We'll finish this particular topic on this note, but They've also the they being our front office have also put money into improving the facilities out at the training fields for the youth clubs. And they've also done a tremendous job in the last year and a half in bridging that gap to the local clubs. A lot of that I attribute to Paul Holliker. And I and I think we're starting to see the impact that he can have in the long term as director of the Houston Dynamo Academy. I think it's still another two to three years out before we see the real impact, but we're starting to see that impact coming through. Guys like Gitao, guys like Juan Castilla, Marcelo Palomino. These are guys that came up through Paul Hollicker's time on the, as director of the Academy. Wait, so when we were talking earlier in Twitter, it was you that I said send pictures of me tied up to then. Because yeah, you did. mentioned you were tied up. I thought that was Colin. No, it was me. That's why I, I was uh, like, see, if I'd have thought uh, no. if I'd have known it was you, I wouldn't have said it. No, no. Hey, you can joke with me all you want. Just well, no, it's, it's because it partially if I had if I had to choose, I think I would rather see him tied up. I mean, that's you know, fair. he's he's like young and innocent looking like that's bit, awkward. You, you just know, took this to a place. He's young. That is not the way that you well, he, he would deal with it better. Like he's he's more flexible. Sure. sure. He could deal yeah. with being yeah. in an uncomfortable situation yeah. for longer. You're, you're by just this, really I digging mean, tied up grave on this one. By this, <laughs> I mean, being career. tied up. How how old is Colin? Oh, he's in his twenties. Oh, okay, okay. I was yeah. worried it wasn't legal the way you were talking. No, he's he's a. When he started his podcast, he started with somebody he met in college, I believe. Mm, okay. So, and I'm pretty sure he lives in a dorm still. I'm not positive. I do know he's interviewed Sam Junko, which that's cool. So, based on these two squads, which I sent you the list for game one and game sure. two. Sure. Uh, your desired formation and lineup. Here's what I went with. And I'm, I'm starting to fucking second guess this. I'm already second guessing you, but that's okay. Because I want, uh, it's basically a three, five, two, but because <laughs> my backs are going to push, you know what I'm going with here, <laughs> but I'm, I'm regretting the Jones because you're talking about having the center mid that can link to the attacking mid, but you also need that defensive mid that can link it to the center mid. And I don't think Jones is as good a fit as it would be if that was Vera there. And then I was going to put, I had Palomino over Quintero Mm -hmm. as the 10. I really did. Then I went back and I took it back. I said, no, he's just not there yet. He's just not. He's one more year. Quintero has come into preseason. Absolutely on fire. He is. He has every desire to win that job and absolutely stake his claim this year to show that it was tab. That was the problem and not him. Yeah. Now, now if it's, if it's day one of preseason and Quintero's 35, I'm probably looking more at Palomino just because that's, that's a, it's divisible by five and that's my OCD number and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And then up top, I would put Fredetta and Pico, which brought me to the conundrum of Baird. And then I decided, you know what, this lineup is probably fucking garbage, but it was Lundy at the, uh, Left wing back, Junk at the left center back. Zarek Valentin as the ball playing center defender. Okay. And Tim Parker as my right sided center back. And Griffin Dorsey is my right wing back. Two true defensive mids with Vera would be able to push up a little bit here. Derek Jones and Matias Veda. I picked Jones because of his age. 
And I think he has potential needs to play. And he was in the same boat as me picking Palomino. But in this case, I went with the younger one. Palomino's, I went older and chose Quintero up top sure. as the 10. And then Fred and Pico as the, you know, the two strikers. With the thought that you create five different avenues of attack. Sure. You know, from the outside, the, the straight to the middle with Quintero. And then offside with Fred and Pico. So players that you're missing potentially in your starting lineup. Uh, what well, had Darwin, to be Darwin Sarin had to be based on these two squads from today. Oh, okay. You okay. didn't read the uh, fucking instructions. I, you're right. I didn't. You know, you're that kid. Kind of... I'm that kid. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo. Yay. Uh, all right. Yeah. That makes this tougher. Right. Because I don't think I'd be okay. So. I'm definitely doing a five-man backline, and I'm probably going a five-three-two, similar to you. I am going Lundy at the left back. I'm I'm not sold on Junko as that player. Uh, I would probably be more likely to go with uh, uh, who played next to Parker. Uh, There's Lundy, Steris, Steris there. I actually like Valentin in the middle, and Parker, you know, beside him. I think that threesome of uh, Valentin Parker and uh, and Steris could be decent. Yeah, uh, but like you said, once Hidebi's de- back, that doesn't matter de- anyway. That's a decent sounding threesome. You're right. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then Dorsey, I think, is right back. Is I'm wing back, especially. I'm perfectly okay with. Uh, I, and I could definitely see him playing there. Uh, I think it's telling that we didn't see Hoffman play uh, in either of these uh, halves or matches. That COVID. was interesting. COVID. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he has COVID. COVID. He has that's COVID. Right. Yeah, he's got. He's going through COVID protocols. Because I, I, I put, COVID. I would put him. I'd put him out there. I'd put him. I'd put Dorsey there before I'd put Hoffman. I, the way that I've understood that Dorsey's playing and has played last year, I think he deserved to look as right wing back. If that's you know what we're going as a five man backline, uh, and then I think that also frees Dorsey up to make those runs on the side that are just you know make those gazelle runs. You gazelle, you. Uh, and then I, I disagree completely. I, I like, I, I, I hold on, on was, Hoffman on Hoffman. Okay, I okay. like that Hoffman got thrown right into the fucking fire and he performed. He, he, did, he played he well. Got, oh, he got burned a few times. That right. Burned. But overall, statistically his ratings, he played well, there was no adjustment. It was like, fuck it. Go like Michael Nelson. Yeah, yeah. He struggled. Michael had Nelson had games. Say so overall, he was a six, two. I think Hoffman overall was like a six, I want to say he was like a six, six or a six, seven. He was very, he was very average, which when you're young and you're just thrown in, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, defenders and center, center D mids Uh, again, I'm going a five, three, two, but it's a little bit different. I'm not, I'm my, uh, or sorry, a three, five, two, but I'm kind of doing it a little bit different in that I'm only going to have one D mid instead of two D mids. Uh, And my one D mid would have to be Vera. Uh, and then I'm going to have two kind of center mids slash attacking mids, one that's going to push up higher, one that's going to stay more central, kind of similar to what they actually did but didn't do, uh, which obviously Quintero is my attacking mid, and then my kind of more slightly more central would be Marcelo Palomino at that time, that point. That's just me um, because I don't think you necessarily need a killer in that role. Vera is, you know, that's your killer at that point, and I think Vera can be that if he's given that role specifically and told you don't need to push forward, let the other guys push forward. I think he can perfectly be that. That's what he was in his first and second seasons here. And then we decided we want him to play more attacking. And that's when he started to taper off. Uh, with that said, then, you know, you got your, you got your two man, your two men up top. And I mean, there's no doubt it's got to be Ferrari and Pico. Right. But, you know, 
other other than that, I think our lineups are pretty damn similar, to be honest. I mean, one or two players maybe that we swap, but that's about it. I liked having to think about who I was putting where and not just knowing. Yeah, I know I, that's usually a challenge for you, so I'm glad to hear that you challenged No, but I, I like the fact that our lineup is now to the point where, although they're not the best choices, we have competitive choices and we have to make, we have to make decisions. So we're going to have yep. competition in yep. the squad and we're going to have yep. people pushing each other. You know, I just saw a tweet. I'm, I'm only going to th- throw this out there because it makes me chuckle. So Pochettino had a win percent at uh, PSG higher than any other club he's been at a 66% win rate in a dead league where he's failed to win the league, knocked out of cup competitions yet. He's the guy for United move on, please. New upcoming blood needed. Poch isn't the answer. Uh, bro, over at United, you have nobody knocking on that door right now that's worth your time other than Poch. You absolutely got to go Pochettino. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nobody else out there. They're absolutely stupid for going. Oh, PSG's going to let him go. PSG's going to let him go at the end of the year. They are, but he's not going to United. Where's he going to go? They're not getting rid of wrong Nick that quick. I think that's the illusion. Well, you are. Screen. I think I you lost did. You. you froze too. And that's where the podcast ends, guys. Thanks for joining us. There we go. We're back. We're back. Let's cut that part out. My internet connection is unstable. I'll find it. That was glorious. That was glorious. I know how to find it. Yeah. But I, I mean, the good I, the, news is we ended we ended the discussion on you know, no, point the, seven. The Rag, Ragnick or whatever his name is, Ralph. He, he knows he's the caretaker manager and the plan has always been Pochettino. Oh, sure. And I think sure. I think that's where he will end up. But to end the show, I, th- I had to think today about a question I wanted to ask. All right. And the question is this. Which sexually transmitted disease would you be willing to acquire in exchange for success you know you get to pick for our club so you could say like all right i'll, I'll you know if, if i if i for the open cup i'm willing to get chlamydia okay <laughs> for the league and then so on supporter shield you know what i mean all the way to the top, all the way to however many trophies we can win, which I think is four or five, right? We're not in the Champions League. So the Open Cup, the league, and the Supporter Shield. Because if we win the Supporter Shield, we win the Western Conference. So three, the treble. All right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you want to go first? Absolutely not. This oh come a, on! I've got to think. This is you're putting me on the spot, man. You've you've had half a day to consider this. No, I, I came up with the question. Seconds. I came up with the question like thirty minutes before we we met up on here. Okay, so and you I had thirty minutes plus. I, I haven't I haven't kicked it around though. The internet sucks. We're back. <laughs> Fuck this internet. All right, so I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I had I had a little bit of time, but not much. I didn't really give it any thought, but I. I I think I took HIV off the table like entirely. It's probably a smooth move. And, and herpes, I think, is pretty much out as well. However, there are... Okay, here, I'll go. So for the Open Cup, mm-hmm. I would take <sighs> gonorrhea, you know, mm-hmm. chlamydia, mm-hmm. gonorrhea or chlamydia. Mm-hmm. A little burning, but nothing too, nothing too serious. Sure, sure, sure. For the, for the supporter shield which I, I guess a big deal. I think the league's more valuable for the supporter shield. Jesus. What else can I, how many are there? I've never actually had one. 
ama- as amazing as fucking as, I don't know how. I've never actually had one, so I don't really know. Um, definitely not herpes. <laughs> I guess syphilis. I know that's a pretty big deal. I guess I would go syphilis for the supporter shield and league. And then for the treble. Ooh. I, I, I would go, I think I would accept, oh, Jesus. I don't think I could do genital warts, but I'm fucking close. <laughs> like if they were manageable, right? Because you can only spread them when they're out or whatever. So if you take, you know, you snort some Valtrex, clear that shit up. But I, manageable herpes that like are don't pop out very often mm-hmm. for the treble. I think I'd take it. I think I'd do it. Because I, I, I could combine all day, but at the end of the day, you can cure it, right? Mm-hmm. You can cure syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, I think. Yep. I know there's other shit out there. Yeah. You can combine them all you want. Combine, sure, combine them, right? But for the treble, I would take a manageable case of herpes. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, that's that's technically an incurable one. There are management things that you can do for it, but it is incurable. I know, but it doesn't have the stigma that HIV has. Uh, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, uh, I would have to say, man, this is t- this tough. I would say for a. We specialize in the hard ones here. <laughs> oh, that's that's exactly what she said. <laughs> uh, I would have to say for open cup i mean we've won it so like it's not really uh i mean you know trichomoniasis i mean that's the only one i can think of it it literally there's like no true symptoms to it it's more or less just you are at a higher risk for getting the others essentially it's the one that like so it's not even one it is it's like it's like a male yeast infection it's like a male yeast infection it essentially well women get it too but it's yeah it it, it's called tricks tricks those tricks are for kids it is that rabbit's a fucking liar those weren't marshmallows we were eating (laughs) no they weren't uh for uh man for mls cup slash supporter shield because i put them really just about the same level only because we've already won mls cup twice but i'd love to get another one i i would probably have to go with like at that point probably uh, extending into maybe chlamydia like you know getting on the edge of that one I question pushing. your commitment i question your commitment to this oh i'm not done yet you didn't let me get to the big one here the one that you didn't even get to you weren't even willing to sacrifice for this one Concacaf champions league we're not in it we can't win it because for that not, one, I would not go this year. For sure. Not this year. You didn't in the say future. It had to be this year. I'm saying in the future. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd go herpes future. for sure on that one. I would go as far as to say HIV because they came oh out. Oh my with god! A, now, now here, here's why. Here's why. Because they came out with <sighs> a effective treatment and effective like, uh, uh, it's not a vaccine anymore. Like they've got vaccines for it too, but it's not. They've got a. Uh, they've got an effective treatment that doesn't cure you completely. You still have it, but yeah, it makes you, you undetectable. You, well, no, it's not only that, but you can't transmit it anymore yeah. with this one. This new one, it's like it's it. like you don't have it, but you do. But you, you have it, you still yeah, live with it. Yeah, like, you don't. Like, you don't have enough to transmit it. Or, or yeah. yeah, it's like diabetes type two. Like you have it, you know you have it. There are things that you have to do on a daily basis to manage it, 
but nobody else really knows you have it until you have a major reaction that you have to deal oh, with. Oh, dude, I, I know. Hey, I know all about pretty much. I've had to do my research on plenty of STDs before. I'm sure you have. It's like, you know, sometimes yeah. something would pop up, like, like you get a pimple, like uh-huh. right around that area. And you're like, oh, my God, it's at herpes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, and we didn't have the Internet, so you just were kind of afraid. But now we now when I Google it, it's like it's probably a tumor. So I was like, fuck it. It's all it's all cancer anyway. But yeah, no, I don't. I, I, would, I would go herpes because, oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, crushing stigmas over here at the Houston Dynapod, or at least trying to. That's right. Sean, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, your plug? Uh, you can check us out, uh, us being myself and my co-host Mark Segovia on at uh, Generation Orange. You can check us out on Twitter at Gen Orange Radio. We will be live on Twitch February 16th, starting at 7.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. We're going to talk preseason. We're going to talk off-season. We're going to talk acquisitions. We're going to talk uh, guys that have been sent away. We're going to talk new regime. We're going to talk everything, a little bit of everything. That's Wednesday, uh, February 16th, starting at 7.30. Join us for sure, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange uh and uh uh you can also check me out directly twitter's at sean ringrose definitely hit me up shoot me messages i love to talk to people dynamo stuff love it absolutely love it yeah yeah and uh it's becoming like a regular thing but with sean is sean is done stepping out on mark with me he's had his fun <laughs> he's going he's going he's going back home to back home to mom you I don't know. know. I, I didn't want to I, say dad i want to say he's going back home to dad because then that would make it seem like you were the female so i made him mom Right. It's yeah. like you stepped out. Like I'm the I'm the hot bro that you picked I'm up. Definitely, I'm gonna be we've had our fun. We've had our fun. You know, I was I was exciting. I was adventurous. But in the end, you knew you, you knew that you were better off back with Mark. Yeah. You kept finishing too soon. Yeah. But man, <laughs> we should we sure do go a while, don't we? We're at like we're at another 60 minutes. You show me spurs, man, and I can go forever. We're the uh, we're the tan we're the tantra, the tantric podcast. We go That's forever. Right. That's right. Uh I, I will say this, uh just so everybody kind of is aware. Uh I don't know when this podcast is gonna drop, but I'm gonna actually be on another one on Friday. Uh so check it out on the weekend. I couldn't even tell you which one it is, I don't remember. But I've been invited on yet another podcast. I'm making the rounds this preseason, buddy. Let's go. You know, and I never felt like we really had something real. It's obvious to me now that you're just a social media whore. It's it's not me, man. It's you. But at the same time, it's like, you, I think I think we actually might even have that in common. Like, I I don't. Uh, I've been on uh, who's uh, Rudy and Christians, the new one. I've been on that twice. Other than that, like nobody. Oh, I've been on the Ballers Round Montreal. I was on theirs, uh, but really. I don't, I don't really get around. I kind of stick to myself and I don't really ever ask guests on this is like weird. This is twice in a row. You know, it, it helps that we have that Spurs connection. I feel like we still have that no matter what we'll always have that, you know, that's always going to be there for us. Yeah. We, we can go off topic, but he's had his fun. <laughs> he's, he's done whoring it out and he's going back to a, uh, back to generation orange in two weeks. Definitely appreciate you having me. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll pop in again sometime. He'll get bored again. Got to get that wham, bam. They always come. They always come back. So, (laughs) hey, boys and girls, that's it. I am Finister. This is your Houston Dynapod podcast. And as always, go Dynamo. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mumble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist.
Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people. 